Just a Good Conversation, podcast number 14. Today, my guest is the Director of Human Resources at Incipio Group, Bahari Marinfar. I thought she would be a great guest to have to answer all the questions about resumes and interviews. With so many people out of work and looking for work, or maybe even applying for a job for the very first time, getting those answers about interviews and resumes will be very helpful. Before we hear from our guests, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Bahari, welcome to Just a Good Conversation. How are you doing? Good. How are you? This is going to be very, very helpful to a lot of people, so I'm glad you were able to take the time. Of course. Sit down on the podcast, and hopefully we get some people some jobs. They That's do a, what it's all about. They do a great resume, and they don't you know, hurt themselves in an interview process. Perfect. So, quick question to you, because... I know you probably didn't sit around as a high schooler going, you know, I want to find my path in HR. No. <laughs> right? Like, I don't think anybody does. Right. So give a quick like summary how you fell in or found HR, human resources. That's a really good question. Um, it fell in my lap. I was actually in the fashion industry and kind of like a teeny bopper wanting to do something that was cool and trendy. Okay. But it was in downtown LA and I lived in Irvine. Uh, well, that's a drive. That's a drive. And it didn't pay too much. <laughs> so after a while, when you look at your gas bill, you're like, is this really worth it? <laughs> um, so I was just looking for a job just close to home. Got a temp role okay. in um, being an admin assistant okay. for an HR department. All right. So there's a... In the door a bit. In the door. But really it was just, hey, we need you for a month to file some paperwork in the file room. So I never saw like the day of light. Like, yeah. Okay. And then um, started reading the papers I was filing, started learning more, started obtaining information, and just like the rest is history. They literally, I want to say two weeks in, they're like, you're kind of getting this pretty quickly. Do you want to move to like computer stuff? And I'm like, Excel sheets? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. <laughs> HRAS system? That sounds interesting. And then, um, yeah, I just basically kept learning things where I kind of... That's kind of the key too. Then, you know, you have job stability and security because right. you're the only one that knows all that stuff. <laughs> okay. It really is a thing. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept climbing up the ladder on and on and the rest is just, you know, history like they say. Okay, because that's what I figured. Yeah. Because it's not like you sit around and go, well, most girls are like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. I want to be an HR. Sounds great. Doesn't nope. happen. Most people go at that age, what is human resources? <laughs> right. They think it's like something like for like biology or, yeah. you know. Sociology, like they, kinesiology. Yeah, they don't yeah. know. And so I didn't really know, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I was making okay. like $12 an hour or something like crazy like that. And just. So how long have you been, I guess, officially in human resources? Hmm. I mean, I was in my early, I don't want to give away my no, age. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, More than two years, less than 40? No, yeah, yeah. So probably at l at, the, at least like 10 years. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you start off at 12. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's help people with the initial resume. Yes. What should they do just starting out? Let's say, because we know there's a lot of people out of work, so they haven't had a resume mm -mm. in maybe 20 30 years hasn't been updated. And then there's also the kids coming out of high or college and they're starting a resume. What's like their first thing they should start off doing? Basically look at the jobs that you're, well, figure out where you're applying to and then you're going to kind of tailor your resume to each place you apply. I think people kind of forget that and okay. they just put everything all at once. Okay. But then is it really relevant to the job that you're 
trying to pursue. You're seeking, okay. Yeah. So um, the best advice I can give for so, someone who's maybe had a career for a long time, go look at your old job descriptions. That's really what it is. Grab what's in your job description, put it in reverse chronological order. Okay. So you want to have like your most relevant at the top. Okay. But probably don't want to do anything more than 15 years because you don't want to go all the way back to like when you were like your first job ever. Right. Flipping burgers at McDonald's in 82. Yeah. Relevancy. Just think of relevancy. Think of putting it in order, reverse chronologically. Um, Skill sets that, you know, very just like high level. Okay. Because the interview process, you'll get down to like the nitty gritty. Okay. But you want to just use keywords that will attract the attention. When you're reading your job posting, look for what they're asking. Okay. All right. Now you hear this a lot. Never make your resume longer than a page two or pages. two or three. So what's what do you feel? Nothing longer than two? I think anything more than two, if it goes to a third page but it's like very small, that's fine, but you're not trying to do a five-page resume. A resume was traditionally a one-pager. Obviously, if you have a lot of experience and now things have progressed for resumes, like where you put like skills and competencies up at the top, you have the education piece, you have okay. your work experience, all of that. So it can sometimes take more than a page. So two pages, I think, is is a fair and manageable for the employer or the prospective employer to look at. Okay. Do you put references on those? No. Okay, so wait for references to be asked. You, a- They'll ask you. A lot of people put it up front, which is right. great, or applications will ask for it. And if it does, then give it. But if you don't have to divulge it right away, don't do it because we're not going to call them until we've basically... Got you down to the, the finals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because some people, that's a good question, because some people have no clue. They just throw it all out there. Yes. Too much, too little, so you got to kind of know. I do have a recommendation, though, that I've, from just being in recruitment. Okay. If you are going to provide references, nobody thinks of this, but it's kind of common sense, you let your references know that they're going to be calling. That's okay. And that you are a reference. Right. Because I can't tell you how many times I've called folks, and they're like, I don't recall that individual, or, oh, I didn't know that they were applying. And right away, that's just a, bye. Oh. Yeah. And people don't think that. And right. they think like, oh, I'm just going to put the people that I trusted. And, right, I'll you know, put Jim or Carol yeah. down. They know me. And then Jim and Carol are like, who is that? Right. And that could never be a good impression. Yeah, that's there you go. Okay, good point. Uh, font on a resume. What's do and don't? Should you not be like overly elaborate? No. Because now you can buy stuff. You can buy literally resume fonts on Etsy and they have like all built in. You just put it in. Should it be pretty simple? Legible. Simple. Like Calvary. Um, what is it? Ariel? Yeah. New Times Roman. Just the simple professional ones are good. People that don't do, uh, was it Comic Sans or Sans Comic? Yes. Yeah. Like, right. That's that's loose. Save that for <laughs> your graphic artist project, exactly. but not for the resume? Yeah, just keep it professional. Okay, because nowadays, I've seen stuff on Etsy where it's just like overly elaborate. They've got icons for all your social media links and you know your pictures on there, and it's just this huge elaborate yeah. resume. You want to make it, because you have to think of the person and the recruiter, how many resumes they're sifting through right. in a session. So... If you have something, you think it's going to catch their eye, but then they can't really read it, and they're like, all right, well, on to the next, you know? What's, you, an, what's an average resume intake, like, per job? Like, you've seen maybe just on average over your career. 
Ooh, it depends, honestly. It could be anywhere from like you get 40 resumes to the hundreds. Okay, so you gotta stand out a little bit, but you don't wanna be like over the top. You don't wanna be too over the top because then it's just all over the, it's chaotic. Right. You wanna be clean okay. and organized. All so right. if you can, if you look at it and you feel that that's the vibe that your resume is giving, then you've done well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, proofread and edit, obviously, right? Obviously. If you have any grammatical errors or spelling errors, I will tell you that hiring manager, so many times I've been, they reach out to me. I like the guy, great experience, but what the heck? They couldn't even do spell check? Right. And it's sloppy. So again, Tight, clean, organized. And I think it's also good, and people are kind of embarrassed this way, have someone read your resume. For sure. Whether it's your mom or your dad or your friend, don't be embarrassed, but have someone proofread and just go over your resume. Always, with anything you do though, right? Right. Like if I'm gonna send out an email to the entire organization, you don't think I have three other people or more looking at it, just to give me some feedback. Maybe I missed something. Right, you've probably read it. Punctuation, yeah. Yeah. You've read it 80 times and you're just tired. It's the same, yeah, you won't know. So it's always good to have like a second pair of eyes. to proofread anything. Key, second pair of eyes. Always. Uh, do you highlight your most relevant experiences? Yes, yes always, always. Right, that's mm-hmm. always. Do not freak out if you don't have any relevant experiences, right? So you shouldn't, like if you're just starting out. and you've you only, do. And you've only been maybe, we're doing coffee at Starbucks when you're coming out of college. What do you really fill in on your resume? What do you do? Your curriculum, your coursework. So okay. if you do, did an internship, you take it back to academics if you don't have actual tangible experience, right? Right. Because then at least they know you have the knowledge to do the job, you've studied it, you're educated in that field, okay. you just actually haven't been able to apply your education, so this is the opportunity to do so. Okay, what about anything controversial? You want to, don't want any of that in your resume. No, because it's just, it, it's a landmine. You it's can... a landmine, and you just don't know who's reading it. So you want to make it tailored kind of to all, very politically correct. Right. This is not the place to have, like, strong opinions or right. anything like that. If you're working for an organization or you're doing volunteer work, that's good to put in there because that shows you are contributing to other skill sets. You might have leadership skills that you've acquired in your volunteer work, which is great to highlight. Um, but if you're going to do anything controversial, that's never going to be received well. Right. That could all that could just go wrong. Yes. Okay. What about uh, anything a creative or a digital resume? How does that work? You can have a portfolio. So creative positions, like we have a ton here at Incipio, right? Graphic right. designers. So they're going to provide me a link to their portfolio on top of their resume. That is not your resume. That's okay. the thing to remember. Right. What about, okay, so we already went over this spell check. That's key. That's your buddy. That's your pal. That's like your life. Okay. What about sending stuff in like in a Word document? What format do companies typically prefer? There's like PDF and Word. And- I, either work. What okay. we do not like is when there's that text box in the application and you type <laughs> it in. That is probably one of the worst things you could do. Okay. So don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a high don't because the whatever format you see it in, once you hit submit and we get it on our end, it's all complicated and messed up and we're not going to read it. No. I I'll tell you right now. I'm when I get one of those, I'm just like, uh Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a big check. You, so going back to being organized. So you do want to have like a, because at the end of the day, if you make it to the interview, don't you have to bring something to the interview called a resume? Right. So you want to have a separate document. So, and we'll start to merge into the interview. When you come to the interview, should you have four or five resumes prepared in hand? Yes. Because there might be some people in the interview process that have not seen your resume yet. Yeah, and a lot of times the interview panel will print out your resumes, but that doesn't matter. Come prepared. Okay. And if you say, hey, I have my resume on me, you're prepared. They see that. They already have it in front of them. It's more of just so you look good when right. you come in. Is there anything else on the resume we should do and don't when preparing in the next you know, 30 days for somebody? Is there anything you can think of that... Um. I guess, so education will always be at the bottom, right? Right. So you want to do skills and competencies, maybe a summary of some sort at the top. Obviously, at the very, very top is your name and your uh, personal information, like contact information. Email, phone number. Yes. You don't have to give your address on there. Right. But maybe even say what city you're in. So maybe like city, you know, like Fullerton, California, but not your home address. Exactly. You don't have to do that. So they just at least know where you are in the county. Because that will play into the decision making. If sure. you need someone local, right? Right. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're in the valley and applying for a job in Irvine, they're going to look at it and go, can you make that two and a half hour drive every day? And we're going to ask you. Yeah. A right person would say, hey, are you planning to relocate? What does that look like? And we're trying to figure out, are you looking for remote work or are you looking to come in and report daily to the facility? Right. So things like that. And, um, so yeah, you'll do that at the top. Then you'll do the skills and competencies or some sort of a summary to introduce yourself. Okay. Um, and then you do the relevant work experience. And so you want to say the title of your job, the place that you worked, the years. The length of your yeah, the employment. The length of your yep. duration of your employment. If it's present and you're still currently working there, you want to say that. Don't use today's date as your end date, because I will look at it and say, oh, they don't work there anymore. They ended on this date. Right. You could do months. Okay. I like that. I don't like when it's just 2017 to 2019. Well, what does that mean? When and... Right. Be a little bit more specific. You don't have to do the exact date. Because that could be 23 months, or it could be 13. Exactly. And we're going to ask that. Sure. You know? And then... Um, and then obviously bullet no- notes on like responsibilities and roles. Okay. And then, yeah, and just do that all the way through. Um, no more than 15 years, I would say, unless okay. there's something very relevant in there. If not, you want to bring that up and mention that in the interview that you do have past experience in that industry particularly, but it might have been 25 years ago. Right. Um, and then at the bottom, any organizations you've been involved with that you want to um, highlight, and then the education, um, which don't do high school because... Okay. Unless that's your highest. Okay, I, right. Right. If that's all you got. Should you put in there um, if you volunteered any work or you did any charity work yeah. or any of that kind of stuff? You could do that. If you feel that this is an organization. So if an organization. Like Red orga- Cross or you know anything like that. Absolutely. Because a lot of times when you go to the company website, you will see what they're affiliated with, right? Sure. So you might be actually volunteering and be part of those organizations that they're actually affiliated with. So that will be great for them because that will stand out, right? Right. So that's good. So that's good. So do the company research. Okay. So now we've walked into the interview process. This is the scary part for most people because they don't get interviewed 40 times in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's only two or three times, and that's when people really start to get the sweaty palms and get nervous. Yeah. So like, 
when I applied for NCPO, I sent in the resume and then you called me. Mm -hmm. And I actually can tell you exactly where I was. I was 30 minutes away from shooting a Laker game and I was in the underground concourse and you called and I could barely hear you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you're asking me these interview processes on a phone and I'm just trying to like, I could barely hear the music's really loud. So... Sometimes, right, the phone interview process is the first one you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what what is that process like? That is a basic screening. We are, ba- we are looking to just see, do you have the minimum qualifications okay. to basically get you in the door to meet with the manager and the team, right? Okay. So that's generally where, where you'll talk salary, okay. start, any of those kind of specific questions that should be addressed in your screening because if you're asking for $200,000 and the position pays $50,000, I'm not going to have you come in and meet right. with the team. Because it doesn't work for either one of us not at that a point. Fit. Yeah, exactly. So that's what should be happening. If it doesn't, then they might decide that organization to do it later in the process. I generally think it's good to get it done with right away because okay. you don't waste both parties' times. Yep, absolutely. But some companies operate differently and they sure. wait till the very end. Right. Um, so you just be prepared for both because okay. I've, I've seen both. Sure. Right. Because like you said, companies operate differently. Do do re- talent recruiters operate differently or yes. do they? Co- oh, they do. Okay. So yeah. Really- we don't have a rule book, really. Okay. It's kind of, you know, you've been doing this for so many years. You learn people, you learn the process, you see what works. And for me personally, that is just my approach. Okay. Because no nonsense, right? Right. Just get right to it. Because there's no reason to fool yourself and say, like, you think the company's going to budge on a $150,000 difference. Exactly. So you might as well. And you'll put it in your application. But always, even if you're asking for more, because generally people put a little bit more on the app, right? Because right. they, they don't want to undersell themselves. Sure. Absolutely. So I'll ask that just to kind of get a gauge and see if it's negotiable. And more times than not, people are very negotiable on the range because they shop pretty high. So I need to call them to discuss that, to understand where they really are truly at and what right. they're willing to accept. Um, and then just kind of going through any questions within the resume. So gaps in employment, I'll ask that. Why you left? Why are you seeking employment? You have to be ready to answer that question. Absolutely. So that is the first question you'll probably get asked, right? What what attracts you to want to come in and work for us? What stood out about us and this position? Was it just the job in itself? Is there anything about the organization that may prompted you to want to apply? So right. Like, it's a bit like little dating questions. It is. It's like very right? generalized. It's spe- I call it speed dating. Yeah, it really it is. is. Because like, oh, what do you find attractive about me? Well, your opportunity and employment and location. I mean, there's a lot of little things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so interview. We've gotten through you. You've passed us on. We're coming in. How important is practicing your interview? It's very important, but also... (laughs) What? They're interviewing you as a person. Okay. So you've already... Your resume shows you get the job. You have the aptitude. Okay. You pass through recruitment. All right, we're we're in alignment. Okay. So now you're meeting the team to see if there's synergy and you guys mesh. Mm -hmm. And there's, like dating, chemistry. Right. Absolutely. So you can practice and you should practice answers and just articulation and more so thought process. Okay. That's important. That is very important because if I ramble on and on for hours and hours, but I never really address the question, that's not going to look good. That's not good. So 
get yourself and your thoughts and your delivery organized, but then also be yourself because they're really interviewing to see would you be someone they want to work with right? And, and, and invite into the team? Are you a cultural fit? That's huge. Yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, you've seen the stat. So people are f- just scared to death talking public. So now you take an interview process and you put them in front of that. I mean, good Lord, people would rather, you know, run through traffic oh, yeah, than probably yeah. do that. So I think a little practice is probably good because if you haven't ever been interviewed or it's been 25 years since you've done it, things are a little different now. Before you might have just gotten the job on the phone. Yeah. And now you're sitting in front of four people that don't know you and you gotta gotta kinda pitch yourself. So maybe sit in front of like your spouse or a friend or a buddy and just be like, ask me these five questions so I can just articulate them and I don't sound like a blubbering idiot. Yes, and it's about articulation. So I think the greatest thing to do before going into an interview is find that person that you can practice with, but you're really practicing conversation. Right. So efficient conversation. You're selling yourself, but you're not trying to oversell yourself. So just be personable. It's that interpersonal skills too. So hone in on that and work on that. And the more you do it, by the time you come into that interview, you're a lot more at ease because it'll now come a little bit more naturally to you since you've been doing it and practicing for weeks or days or whatever you want to do. But just get in the process of having these conversations. Yeah, that sounds perfect, because that's my next question. How often should you do your homework on the company? Right, you should do a lot. A lot. I mean, you're applying for it, you should know what they do, what they're pitching, what's their culture. Absolutely, and then those are the questions even before you come in for the interview, so any questions or you've done research but you're not fully sure and they're unanswered, ask the recruiter. That's the time. So you're fully prepared when you go in and walk into that interview. Okay. So, um, but definitely do your research. I can't tell you how many times people are like, what company are you calling from? What do you guys do again? And it's just, it doesn't look again. It's all part of the slappiness. And and we want you to be polished when you come in. Sure. It's the dating process. Yep. Yeah. What table do I sit at? (laughs) Okay. Never be late, right? No. Be early. Never be early. Always be early. Always. And if something happens, communication is key, right? Right. Because that's it. It's life. If you get, a, you get a flat tire, call. Call the recruiter. Tell them immediately. Because if you are late or even on time to the interview, you show up right when it's starting, that's late. Right. If you don't need to come an hour early to the interview, but I would say at least maybe like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Okay. Because you're going to walk in. Maybe there's a reception area. Absolutely. Your interview started. Right. You're there. First impression. That's my next question. Yes. First impression, right? So you want to make sure you get all of those, have opportunity of time to do all of that. Right. What should, and this could be a a touchy one, attire. What should you wear and not wear to an interview? Dress to impress. And that can mean... It's a very open-ended question right. because it's the industry too, right? Whatever industry you would, you might not need to come all suited up, but obviously you need to do your research, understand what type of organization they are. Do not probably wear jeans ever. Okay, we've had a few. Right, we've hired a few that have been right. in jeans, and it wasn't a deal breaker because they had the skill sets we needed and the personality, and they were a great fit, but. You're impressing them. So like a date, you want to dress to impress. So obviously wear something that's professional. Um, You can never 
overdress, but you can definitely underdress. Right. Don't wear a sports jersey. Don't wear flip flops. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't show up in your sweaty sports bra that you just did 24 hour fitness and you just banged it out. No. Exactly. Dress like you want the job. Like you want the job. You know what job you're, you're applying for. Um, if you have a nice professional, maybe like a collared blouse or shirt or whatever and some slacks, you know, that would be a great ensemble to put on. Boy, you should work in the fashion industry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How much research should you do on your position? A lot. A lot, right? That's like everything. You read that job description in in and out. That posting is the job description. And then on top of that, and you, if you have the relevant experience, you probably and should to get the job have done that job, right? For the most part. Right. And maybe research some more about that position and kind of, so you have some questions too to bring to the table and discuss more and you really understand and have them walk you through the day to day too. Right, that always helps. Yeah. Uh, what are the most common interview questions you would maybe like your top five? What do you think that they're going to ask you? So you kind of have a preparing for most of the time, what little backstory on you? I think they want you like, tell me a little bit about yourself. They want to know like what relevant experience you have. Tell me about your experience in this particular industry or something comparable to that. Right. Um, what did you like and not like about your last role is a good one. Um, just understanding where you've been in the past and what brought you to this point now where, you know, what you want out of the, the job that you're applying for. So what are you looking for in your next move? Because they're also trying to see, is this the right fit for you? Absolutely. Yeah, and, that. how about that? Where you see yourself in five, ten years question. Yeah, yeah. That's a little scary, and people have to try to like dance that one. Yeah, and a lot of, um, a good interviewer will give you situational questions, because that really will test, have you been in this before? Do you know what to do? Do you know how to respond and react to these situations? Because those are very common in this position. Right. That was my next question, is, and you hit it, how you know, you've got to listen for the responses in interview. You have to listen. You really need to listen to what they're asking you so you can respond accordingly. Because a lot of times people are nervous. Sure. So you're not really listening. You're just thinking, oh, I don't want to mess this up. Right. I got to think about this. Oh my God. I, okay, I, I practiced these questions and da da da. And they're not asking them. No, <laughs> and they are not asking them. You need to just shut it down and truly zone in on the question so you can be able to properly answer it because that's what they that's what they're looking for because right. they'll come out and say great person great candidate but honestly they didn't really answer any of my questions yeah. directly they didn't say anything they yeah just talk it was a fluff <laughs> it was exactly. they just rambled on but i don't really know if i got what i needed and out I, of that and i think that's harder for this generation that's been born with a smartphone they have attention span of a gnat yes and so listening engaging in a conversation and understanding when you will you respond appropriately. Yes. So a good, um, I guess, advice in just listening in general with anybody, even once you right. have the job. Um, if they ask the question, it sometimes might. If you're not sure that you understood what they were asking, paraphrase it back to them. Good. That's a good one. Yeah. And so then that way you both understand that you're in the same alignment. Like, yes, they understood the question, or no, I'm asking. X, Y, and Z. Right. So that, get the clarification. Get it clear. Okay. So um, make your selling points clear. How, how important is that if you're trying to sell yourself to like 
I I am good for this job or the reason I want this job, you really got to hit those, right? You have to hit those and you sh- and just hit them directly and be clear about it. Okay. How about, and this is a balancing act and you touched on it, when someone asks about your previous position or employer, let's say it went terribly wrong, like you got fired from that position or they laid off. You don't want to badmouth your former. Don't know, because that just shows a character trait in yourself. If you're going, you don't want any negative stigma around you. Right. So you write the narrative, right? And so even though it might have not been an opportune partying. And it happens. And it happens. And they understand that. But don't choose negative words. Okay. Be very selective in the way that you are describing things. Say it politically correct. You could say I got fired without flat out being Oh, they're jerks and da 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 da. Right. Because people get fired. It happens. And, you know, they can lay off a whole department or division that's not on you. It's just business. It, exactly. And so you want to have a positive undertone into everything that you're saying because that shows that, oh, they're a positive person. They're not going to complain because those are character traits that we could just see right through. Right. And we'll know that that will transpire later on. When we actually hire you. Right. And I know when I've hired people, I like people that have faced some diversity and have forged through it. Like, yeah, you can walk through flowers and life's ice cream and it's great. But someone who had felt a difficult situation, got fired and then came back and made their next job even better. Those are good people to have. So it's those overcome stories. Those are those are the best. Right. Because it shows you the individual what they did during a trying time in their life. When they were challenged, this is how they fought through it. Right. So that's so the, a, always a great. Right. Cuz there's going to be a lot of people right now mm-hmm. they're going to sit through a job and be like, "Yeah, I was at a company for 15 years. We all got laid let go." You know, don't take that as a bad thing. Yeah, if you sound defeated, that's never a good, you know, right. thing to do. So just say, you know what, it it happened, and I tell them what you learned from it. Right. Uh, another one, do not falsify information, right? Never. You don't want to go there. They'll figure it don't out. Don't say you got a PhD. Don't say you did, you know, you, you ran a department of 1,500 when it was a company of 12. The truth will always surface <laughs> right. and know that. And once it does, because you sign off, too, on your application that everything that you are submitting is accurate and true. So that is just grounds for whether we hire you, termination immediately. Right. Or even just, hey, you're a top candidate. Nope. We are going to reject you because we found out that this is actually untrue. I've done that before in a reference check and actually found out some stuff. And so I'm, and they were my top candidate. Oof. And I had to make the call. So right. just know it will always come up. Uh, a couple of questions I got from people. One was when in an interview they ask you, do you have any questions? What are some good questions for them to ask? Because that's always a scary it is proposal like so do you have any questions for us and you're sitting there going um what should they say they should ask about the so ask about the company ask about the culture get it have them paint you a picture of what it would look like to work at that company right Mm -hmm. so even the role like ask more especially what would you want to know as a new employee about the position, the day-to-days, the org structure, so the the yes. team dynamic, the team structure, who do I report into, do I have direct reports, who do I work cross-functionally with. G- get an understanding. Those know are good, you, yeah. Yeah, 
understand what you're walking into. You don't want to be blindsided. Yeah, you don't want to show up two weeks later and you're like, this is not what I thought. Exactly. So really think about those questions prior to even walking in. They might be answered throughout the interview process and then you can kind of check them off. But just already for yourself, you should know that going into it because if you do get hired, you want to be fully transparent on both ends of what's going on, right? Right, absolutely. And then, um, and even, and the culture is very important in that regards too. You want to know if there's things that are very, you have preferences. Okay. You should ask about that and see if it aligns to what you're looking for and what you'll truly be happy in. Because at the end of the day, where you work is where you spend majority of your time. Right. It better be somewhere that you want to be at. Absolutely. And so ask the questions to get those answers to decide whether or not this is the place for me. Um, some good questions once you've kind of exceeded. I don't know if this would happen in an interview. It's more so with the recruiter. Okay. But the salary questions are great. Right. Uh, Should you always ask that first with the recruiter? And if it's not brought up with the recruiter, can you ask that in the interview process? I would not ask the panel okay. if, or the actual person. Sometimes you'll be in a group and a panel is a group interview, so multiple people interviewing you, or the search committee, they like to call it, Um, or you're interviewing directly with the hiring manager. They don't normally talk salary um, traditionally. Right. So they'll kick it back to HR. It's always good to kick it back to HR, too, because it's a little intimidating to ask your potential future boss about that. Maybe I know it's a scary question. It's a scary question. But to ask the HR person who's facilitating this whole thing, they're now your partner and their partner. So that's a more comfortable setting to talk the you know, numbers. Sure. Um, I would also ask, and a lot of things that people don't do, they just go and they accept the job. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's I'll take it. I'll take it. How much PTO do I get? What's your benefits? Do I get, you know, what does sick look like? Um, Right. There's a lot of things people don't ask. So the package in itself is more than just your base compensation. And so ask those questions. When do my benefits become active? Some companies have rules on this. Well, like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Exactly. And you might have a particular situation where that might not work for you. Right. If you got kids and a spouse or yourself, yep. you need it within 30 and 90 is too long. Exactly. And then um, retirement plans, so 401k, if that's important to you, right. ask about that. It ask about be. the match. Yep. So things like that. So understand like what is important to you. And don't forget to ask those questions before you agree to the terms of the position. Okay. And I can't tell you how many times that even just employees here, when they leave and they tell me, oh, I got this great new job, and they didn't ask for those things. Aye, aye, aye. And you don't think of it because no. it just happens so fast. Yes, it So does. at least you have it in your head before you even engage in this entire search process. Then you know at some point, don't forget to ask those questions. Right. Can you think of any other good advice you can lay on anybody? Just be, honestly, be yourself. I know that sounds so corny. I know, I know, but it's, you know, you it, it's true. Because they will know the real you eventually. Right. So you want to make sure that it meshes for you too. Do you get along with them? Can you see yourself working with them every single day? Does this seem like a team you want to be a part of? Is this somewhere you see yourself for a few years? You shouldn't be thinking short term. Think long term. Okay. Yeah, those are important. 
I would even, I know it's COVID, but before I used to love it when they would come into the office space and then you kind of do like, you should do a little bit of a walkthrough or kind of, Hey, can I see what, you know, the space? Cause you want to know where you're working. So do you think that's appropriate to ask? Like, can I, can you give me a tour? Yeah. They should already be a, a good employer. will already have offered it up. Okay. But um, if not, and you're on the second interview and you're doing multiple round interviews, maybe not on the first interview, but if you're going to the second interview, I would ask. How often, and that's a good question, how often are there multiple interviews? Um, it, it should be often. It shouldn't just be a one and done. 90% of the time, it should be at least two? It should be at, at least two. And that could include... So need, people need to be prepared for that then. You should be prepared for that. Because the way that the market is now, they should be more... Because you're more selective when you're doing the multiple rounds. Right. Like to your point that you said, oh, they would just look at your resume and then you would get hired. There's much more that goes into that. Right. And if they those are... Those days are done. Those days are long and gone. So I would say... Prepare yourself to have these multiple rounds, and a round could even be like an assessment test. Yes, yeah, we've done that. Yeah, absolutely. So that could be it. And so just be prepared for all of that because they're really making sure they're making the right decision. Yeah, especially in today's market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done that where we've had people do projects just to see if they're, you know, being honest. Exactly. That's why I say don't lie because it will will come up. Yeah. Don't Eventually. tell us you can code if you can't code. Exactly, because they probably will test you for coding. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I just do express sheets. Dad, can you do the coding for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're spending hours on YouTube trying to figure <laughs> yeah, out yeah. how to coding before and you show And the due date is tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, anything else you can think of? Because I know just even what we've talked about is going to help a lot of people. Because, oh, I hope so. Because it's a, it's a little secret box and people are scared to even look into it, either whether it's asking salaries or just the interview process or... You know, you know, HR, that word, it's so scary, especially if you've dealt like my I've I've had very good experiences with HR Mm -hmm. and I've had absolute nightmares with HR. That's what people always say. Right. Like my last experience, like I'd rather have stuck a fork in my eye. No way. Yeah, it's just but that's but my one previous to that. It was like I didn't want to leave the job. Mm-hmm. They were so sweet. Yeah. So that's just how it is with some companies. It's great, and sometimes it's not. Well, then that's good. And, you know, when you're talking to them, even over the phone, you'll get a gauge in the sense of who they are as a department. And so if they're very personable, you'll know that that's how they are. And so when you get hired, you know you can trust your HR department. Right. If they're very cold over the phone. They're setting everything up. You might even meet them in the interview process. They might interview you you know, you themselves. So you can also check that out off the gate if you would like. Um, I think just under, I mean, at the end of the day, you do want to make sure that you um, are finding that right home, I guess I want to say. Yeah. So just know before you even start the process, maybe write down or list off what's important to you. Okay. To find happiness in your career. Right. Or if you haven't even established a career and you're trying to figure out what do I want to do, kind of work backwards. Well, where, where do you want to, so where do you want to be in five years is a very common question, right? Absolutely. So think about that, have an idea, and then work backwards and see if these things will get you to that goal. Okay. It's any typical goal setting. Absolutely. Um, Showing that you're a loyal employee. So um, I think you and I kind of talked about this before we even started the job hopping thing. Right. 
probably not a good idea every year. We will. I'll ask that. I'll say, well, why why the short tenure at companies? I see a year stint for the past right. five years. Yeah. That's not good. That yeah. shows five that companies in six years is, is saying that. something. Yes. We want to show that you're loyal and dedicated employee, reliable. Reliability is key, key, key. Right. So um, you don't have to stay somewhere for 20 years to show that. But I think having a, a foundation, you obviously one year, you're still quote unquote training. Sure. So you haven't really grasped the full uh, scope of the position. So maybe I think nothing less than three years, five years is a good is good. Like I'll look at that and say, okay. What if you have gaps in your resume? What should you do about that? Like you didn't work from 2014 to 2016. Uh, cover letter, you can address it there. That's where you should address it. The recruiter will ask you that. I'll okay. ask that and say, oh, so tell me why um, it looks like you haven't, you weren't working for the past three years right. or there's something I was missing. Raising a child or I went to and Europe. Those are okay. or, right. It's okay to say that. Yeah, but some people are scared to have that gap in their resume. Like they've just don't want the perception they just slacked off for two years. No, you're but living they, your life. Right. You have a life. Yeah. Things happen in life and we have to be understanding. And if we can't be truly understanding to that and you get judgment, are we the right place for you? Right. And that's easy for us to say right now. And it's less that you're actually, it's happening and you're sitting there going, oh my God, I don't want them to judge me that I took these two years off and they don't know why yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is the cover letter? It is not everything, though I think in school they tell you the cover letter is yes. the end-all, be-all. Right. No, no. But That's why I'm asking the source instead of the professor that has had a job for 30 years and hasn't had to write a cover letter. Exactly. And the last time he did, Nixon was in office. Right? <laughs> like it's different today. It's good to write the cover. The cover letter is don't do a generic one where you're submitting the same one to every single place. There's so many times they write the wrong company name on there, and you get you catch that. So again, attention to detail. Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. You're this like, what? Not- no. Um, in there, that's where you address all the things the resume can't highlight, right? So if you have a gap in employment, put that in there. The okay. reason why you want to work at this place, put that in there. The things that are external, outside of just you know your past experiences that are listed out in your resume, your past jobs, put that in there. Talk about it. This okay. is the intro to you yeah, and no, why you want this position. Really is, because there are some jobs that when you apply, they ask for them and they don't. But then some they put optional on the cover letter. Should you just do it? If it says optional, should it be a yes? Or should you just be like, nah, not really? I think if it's optional, you should do it. But don't put something in there that means I read it and it's nothing. Okay. So make it something special. Ma- make if it you're something. Gonna do it, make it special. Ma- make it, yeah. Have, should they reference you by name, or should they say, "Dear recruiter," or should they? To whom it may concern would be okay. a good one. Um, the company to whom it may concern at blah 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 company okay. is probably good. A little nice touch. Dear sir, madam, you could do that too. It's a, okay. a little super formal. Right. Um, but yeah, don't say dear recruiter. Okay. Because it might not be the recruiter that re- so many people are reading your stuff. Right. Well, okay. Let's ask that. How many people are putting eyes on a re- on a resume before maybe they walk in? Oh, um, you definitely have your HR team, the hiring manager, any t- team members on that department, right. cross-functional team members. You don't even know. Half the time, you're, that CEO of that company might be looking at that resume. Really? I will tell you that. Wow. 
I do that right now. Sure. I, sh- I shoot it over. I'm take like, a hey, look. What take do you a think? look. I'm, I'm bringing this person on. Just wanted to give you an FYI. Right. So now the CEO has seen your resume and that spelling grammatical error. <laughs> and that <laughs> At will Bob's care. Burgers. At Bob's Burgers. <laughs> and you'll just never live that one down. Right. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a scary thing on the resume and interview process. So I am very thankful that you were able to take some time and and do this and hopefully we get some people employed. I would love nothing more to get more people employed. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. This was fun. (laughs) (laughs) See, no crying. Didn't didn't, know. I'm going to go home and cry now. No, No, you're not. You're going to go home and listen to your voice and be like, oh, I sound sweet. This is fantastic. I sound great. This is a beautiful voice of an angel. I should do voiceover. I'm going to leave my job in the Scipio and do voiceover work. I'm out of here, guys. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks. You're the best. Bye.